Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. And I'm telling you, tonight is so relevant to all of us because there is an invisible war going on right now that every single one of us are fighting. I want you to understand this tonight, that every single one of you are fighting an invisible war that cannot be seen in the spirit and that cannot be seen in the natural. And the main place of battle is in every person. And it's not in the spiritual realm. It's in about a two inch span between this ear and between this ear. There is a battle, you guessed it, in the mind going on in every single one of us. Nobody is exempt from the battle in the mind. Now we've talked about warfare in the spiritual realm. We've talked about how the warfare in the spiritual manifests in the natural. But tonight, what I want to talk about is the war that is going on in the mind. And many of you tonight are victims of this war. I've become, I've become a casualty many times to the vict and a victim to the war that is going on and raging in the mind. And we need this message of deliverance of the mind. We need this message of breaking through strongholds. Who am I preaching to in the mind? And the danger of this war, and let me tell you why this war that we're going to talk about tonight is so dangerous. It's a war that is easy to hide from other people. Now, when you're fighting addiction, most of the people around you already already know that you're fighting addiction. When you're fighting demons, most of the people around you know that you're fighting demons. When you're struggling in a certain area in your life, come on, am I preaching tonight? Everyone around us usually knows our friends and family the struggle we're going through. But the battle of the mind is very complex because it's very easy to hide the battle of the mind. Many of you know right now as I'm speaking, you're in a war as I'm speaking against fear. You're in a war against anxiety. You're in a war against depression. You're in a war against tormenting traumatic thoughts. You're in a war against nightmares from your thoughts. And we're all battling this warfare in the mind. Doesn't matter if you're a pastor. Doesn't matter if you're a preacher. Doesn't matter if you're on the worship team. Doesn't matter if you're a business owner, a doctor a politician, an actor, a barista at Starbucks, a police officer, a nurse. We're battling a war in the mind. And this is the secret battle that most people don't talk about. This is the secret battle that most people hide. Many of you are battling racing thoughts. You're battling fear of the future or the fear of what's to come. Fighting the desire to please people, the desire to fit in, the desire and the pressure to be successful and to pay the bills and to get married and to have kids. And there's this constant battle because here's the deal, guys. You can't turn your mind off. You can't just stop fighting like spiritual warfare. We can just sit back and say, I'm not going to fight spiritual warfare. We can sit back and say, I'm not going to fight in the natural. But the war that goes on the mind is raging. Now, especially I want to be very practical tonight and get some serious stuff we're going to talk about tonight. Some of it might be explicit and it might be a little bit intense, but I want to say something to many of you that are right now stuck at home during COVID. Many of you that might be stay-at-home dads or stay-at-home moms, and you have extended amounts of time to sit and think the battle gets even crazier. Now, we know the pandemic we're in right now, that mental illness is at an all-time high, that depression is at an all-time high, that anxiety is at an all-time high which is the reason why we need to be talking about this tonight, which is more the reason why God wants to get this message out. The reason why 
I said this might be the most significant and important stream that we ever do. Come on, share this broadcast. Let's get to 2,000. It is because of what's happening right now in our world. I am not oblivious to the fact that many homes are being foreclosed on. I'm not oblivious to the fact that many people have lost their jobs. I'm not oblivious to the fact that many people are battling sickness, are in the hospital. I talked to someone today that just got out of the hospital. They were in the hospital for 32 days in the ICU an old friend of ours that I grew up knowing and they said they literally thought they were going to die and they weren't going to get out of the ICU. So imagine 32 days they were in the ICU. Imagine the mental battle that they were fighting, the mental warfare that they were going through. And I get these messages all the time. I'm battling in my mind. I'm battling in my mind. And I believe God's not just going to set you free, but I'm blessing myself tonight because I believe there are some areas in my own mind, my own thought life that God wants to deliver. And we see people that will battle for years and years and years and years and everything looks fine. They have the job going for them they have the family going for them and then all of a sudden they have a breakdown and everyone around them says this I didn't even realize that they were going through this how many of you know people like this they have a mental breakdown they end up in a mental hospital or they end up you know trying to take their life and all of a sudden people around them say I never knew they were going through this and that's because the battle that we're fighting and I feel the Holy Ghost so strong tonight is taking place in a place that cannot be seen with the naked eye the mind cannot be seen with the naked eye or the spiritual eye. It's not a place that could just be discerned naturally, but it is a very real place. I mean, think about this. If we can project our thoughts onto a screen for everyone to see, it would be horrifying if people can look at our thoughts. Am I the only one? If people were able to take a glimpse inside our thought life, if our thoughts were able to go up on a projector screen in front of all of our friends, in front of all of our coworkers, in front of all of our family, many of us would be terrified for people to see what we we think about and we don't get judged on our thoughts thank God but the problem is that our thoughts turn into actions and we are judged by our actions many people give into their thought life because they're never able to break free in the mind because nobody has taught them that there is power to get delivered in your mind I'm talking about depression I'm talking about anxiety I'm talking about stress I'm talking about worry I'm talking about lying I'm talking about vain imaginations I'm talking about traumatic experiences I'm talking about PTSD these battles in the mind that God wants to deliver us from and people are giving in but God says I want to deliver you and tonight I'm believing for mental strongholds to be shattered I'm believing for the strongholds of fear I'm believing for the strongholds of anxiety I'm believing for the strongholds of witchcraft the strongholds of depression, the strongholds of anger, the strongholds of unforgiveness. Come on, who, who am I preaching to? The strongholds of trauma and hurt. God wants to deliver your mind tonight. Let me say it clearly here. God wants to set you free in the realm of your mind. The mind is a real place and God wants to set you free, not just so you're not doing things, but so that you're not thinking things. Now, many people say, I don't give in to lust, yet they're always having lustful thoughts. People say, I don't lie, but they're always hearing lies in their mind people say I don't blaspheme but they have blaspheming thoughts people say I'm not angry but they battle rage in the mind and it's only a matter of time by what happens in your thought life manifest in the natural now your mind is like property that is either occupied and I hope you're taking notes tonight is either occupied by God or occupied by Satan you need to ask yourself who has more real estate who has more territory who has more property in my mind because both forces are warring against each other 
to be able to establish a government in your mind. Friend, God wants to establish his government in your mind and the enemy wants to establish his kingdom in your mind. He wants your thoughts to be full of lust and perversion and distraction and laziness and spiritual complacency and deception and confusion and witchcraft. And so he uses powers of mind control and powers of witchcraft and he comes in through traumatic experiences and, and they diagnose this with you have OCD and you have PTSD and you have anxiety and you have depression and they try to medicate the strongholds. They try to medicate the mind, but God's power is able to deliver you so that you don't need the medications that the culture is trying to give you. Romans 8, 5 says that those who are according to the flesh are controlled by its unholy desires. They set their minds, so watch what he's saying here, and they pursue things that gratify the flesh. But those who are walking according to the Spirit and are controlled by the Spirit, they set their minds on things and they seek things that gratify the Holy Spirit. So here we have people that are setting their minds on the things of the flesh, and what happens as they set their mind on the things of the flesh? They do things that gratify the flesh. Then on the other side, we have people that set their mind on the spirit, which we're going to talk about later. They dwell on the spirit and they do things that please the spirit. What is it saying there? It's saying that you will become what you put your mind to. Now, people say you can do whatever you set your mind to. That's not a worldly principle. That is a biblical principle. Whatever your mind is set on is what you're going to do, is what you're going to become. So your mind or what's in your mind dictates your actions. If your mind is full, of lust, then guess what? You're going to act out those lustful things. Well, you say, well, I'm not acting them out. Well, it's a matter of time before you do. If your mind is full of adultery and you're fantasizing being with somebody else's husband or wife, it's a matter of time before you walk in adultery. If your mind is filled with deceptive thoughts or lying, it's a matter of time before you start bringing that pattern of lying and deception in. So whatever you put in your mind, and this is why guys, I've been telling you, what are you watching on the television? What have we got ourselves into? Some of you are just watching show after show and the shows have adultery in them they have lust in them perversion in them taking God's name in vain and all of a sudden you're going like why am I having lustful dreams it's because that's what you're putting in your mind why am I thinking and saying lustful jokes and sexual things because that's what you're putting in your mind you're listening to music that's all full of your past and the things that you used to do and you say well brother it's oldies it's not that big a deal but here's the thing friend you got to understand that this is what you're filling your mind with. So ask yourself tonight, what am I filling my mind with? What am I being consumed of? What am I putting in my mind? Because that eventually is going to manifest. And this is why strongholds are so important to talk about because oftentimes, the strongholds that we have dictate our actions. If you have a stronghold of the mind, it's just a matter of time before you walk it out. You look at some of the most successful people in the world and in interviews, they talk about their depression and their fear and their hopelessness and their anxiety. And you think, how can someone who on the outside has everything together? And I'm preaching to someone tonight, come on, share this broadcast, but on the inside, they are falling apart. I mean, have you guys seen some of these interviews where celebrities have millions and billions of dollars and they're successful, but then in their mind, they are captive and they are slaves. And some of you are slaves 
slaves in your own mind. You say, Isaiah, I cannot escape this anxiety and this fear. And this is where God wants to set you free. This is the war of the mind that is so easy to hide. So we see things like mental illness on a rise. We see things like PTSD on a rise. We see things like OCD. These are all battles of the mind that are on a rise. And if God wants to heal your physical body, doesn't it make sense that God wants to heal you mentally? Now, you might not have cancer tonight. You might not have diabetes or high blood pressure, but is not anxiety, depression, fear, PTSD, just as debilitating as cancer, just as debilitating as diabetes or high blood pressure. And God says, if I want to heal you physically, I also want to heal your mind. Now, this is not always a demon that we're dealing with. Some of these things are mental strongholds that God can break and that God can heal. It's like I said, easy to hide from everybody else what we're going through in the mind. But here's what I want you to know. You can't hide from God what's going on in your mind. And God does not want you to live a life of struggle. Now, some of you are already battling this teaching right now. You're already battling this message right now because you've already come into grips with the fact that it's God's will for your life to be depressed. It's God's will for your life to be anxious. It's God's will for your life to be have OCD or PTSD or schizophrenia. And this is just God's plan. And I came to tell you that's a lie from the enemy. From the devil is a liar. And God says, I'm ready to fight for you. That you're not battling this on your own, but God is ready to fight for you. And here's the deal, friend. Isaiah Saldivar is here to fight for you. I wouldn't be pouring into you for this amount of time if I wasn't ready to fight for you. And I want to tell somebody that's battling with intense anxiety, depression, fear, worry, loneliness, and everything else that God has your back and that you will make it through. Let me say that again. You're going to survive. You are not going to succumb to anxiety or suicide or fear or depression. But there is a light at the end of the tunnel called the Holy Spirit, called Jesus, called the Father. And there is power in the anointing. There's power in our authority. There's power in the blood of Jesus. There's power in the Holy Spirit to set you free tonight. Do not believe Satan's lies that you will always be like this. Do not believe Satan's lies that this is God's plan for your life. Do not believe Satan's lies that everyone else can be free but you, as if God's holding out on you. Do not believe Satan's lies that this is normal and that everyone goes through mental illness because you are a daughter and a son of Almighty God. Friend, you've been purchased with royal blood you've been given all things pertaining to life and godliness come on type one if this is touching is blessing you and you have the same spirit that raised Christ is living on the inside of you and God wants to bring breakthrough right now in every single mind you don't even have to wait till we pray this is your moment to get free of mental illness and free of mental strongholds and free of demonic bondage God is getting ready to break somebody out in their mind you have not missed the mark You've not missed your calling that God has a plan and it might feel mundane and you might feel like you're going through the motions, but God's plan is greater than the plan that the enemy has on your life. These mental strongholds are going to be broken as we learn and as we strategize how to overcome them. Now, mental strongholds are fortresses that the enemy builds in the mind to keep us in cycles of sin, patterns of wrong thinking, and ultimately leave us in bondage. And usually it's easy to tell because usually the strongholds are the one or two things that we just can't seem to get rid of. Now, you might have gotten deliverance from a demon. You might be born again and serving God radically, but there are still strongholds or things in your 
your mind that you are dealing with. These are strongholds, and we're going to talk about how to identify some certain strongholds that are common that we are going to overcome tonight. Now, the way that strongholds are established, I'm giving you this brief for the sake of time, is usually by believing the lies that Satan's give you, and when you believe Satan's lies, you allow him to establish a stronghold in your thinking, in your mind, and the longer you believe the lies, the longer you follow the lies, the bigger the stronghold becomes, the larger the castle or the fortress becomes, and they're built usually over time. Now, strongholds can also be, which we'll go into later, built by traumatic experiences, but usually think of strongholds as a long-term building project that Satan establishes when you start buying into the lies. Now, why is the word of God? One of the reasons it's so powerful is because it exposes truth and it demolishes strongholds. How does that happen? Because when you learn truth, the stronghold gets demolished and you realize, I, I believe this lie for years. Now, some of you have gotten delivered in our live streams because for years you didn't believe in this or didn't believe in that. And as you've heard the word of God, the strongholds have automatically be broken. So friend, every time I get up here and start preaching, you guys, I'm hammering strongholds. I'm assaulting strongholds in your mind. I'm going to war in the spirit realm. I'm preaching to principalities, according to Paul. So we're not preaching natural. We're preaching to assault strongholds in your mind, strongholds in your spirit, strongholds in your soul, strongholds in your marriage, strongholds in your business, in your family. The longer we allow the strongholds to remain, the larger and the stronger they become. And every single week, as we listen to the lies of the enemy, he keeps building, adding bricks to the strongholds, bricks to think the, the buildings he's made in our mind and after several years you now have this massive stronghold and you try to go in it and destroy it and it's in, almost impossible to destroy it naturally you try to break the depression the anxiety and the fear and you say well I've been this way so long I don't even know and I feel like prophesying to somebody I don't even know how my life would be without anxiety I've had it for so long I don't even know how my life would be without OCD or without PTSD or without fear or without depression or without witchcraft or without confusion I've just lived my life so long and all you're telling me is the stronghold's been there for so long but friend I came to preach to somebody I came to tell somebody that it doesn't matter how long the stronghold has been there in your life God can break it in a moment tonight it doesn't matter friend I'm telling you you need some powerful weapons and equipment tonight to go ahead and break down these strongholds and luckily we have the most powerful weapons in existence with God's power and with God's word let's look at 2nd Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3 through 6 it says for though we walk in the flesh we do not wage war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh but they are mighty before God to cast down strongholds casting down imaginations and every high thing that is exalted against the knowledge of God and bringing now watch what he goes here every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ so strongholds and thoughts are attached here and being in readiness to avenge all disobedience when your obedience shall be made full. So he says, we're not walking in the flesh. We're walking in the spirit. We're, we're talking tonight about spiritual things. And so everything we're doing is a fight in the spirit realm. Ephesians 6, our wrestle is not against human bodies, flesh and blood, but against people that have no bodies. We're fighting against spiritual things. We're fighting against people with no bodies, spiritual disembodied spirits. We're fighting against the powers of darkness. We're fighting in the invisible realm. But here's the important thing. Our weapons are not of the flesh. You cannot argue a stronghold out. Have you ever talked to somebody? 
and they have a pattern of thinking and you try to argue with them and argue. And this is why I don't argue on Facebook or social media or comment sections, because you can argue all you want, but arguings, arguments do not break mental strongholds. Arguing do not break strongholds. If somebody has a stronghold of wrong thinking, it's not going to be an argument that sets them free. It's going to be the word of God and the power of God. And so you cannot argue somebody out of these strongholds. You have to break them with the power, the word, the blood, and these different weapons that we have. But these are spiritual things. And I love what he says. He says, first, you need to make sure you cast down an imagination. Now, imaginations are simply forming new ideas, new concepts, new principles. This is basically when you create new doctrines or ideas in your mind that violate God's word, but you accept them as right. And there's so many wrong things in our life that we've accepted to be okay. These are imaginations saying like, I can do this and still serve God. That's an imagination. You've created that in your mind. I can still watch these certain movies and be holy. I can still serve God on Sundays, live carnal all week long. And some of you are sweating now and still serve God on Sunday. I can pick and choose from God's word. Like it's some type of hometown buffet. These are imaginations that you've created. Things like I'm not called to lay hands on the sick. That's an imagination. That's not God's word. I'm not called to do deliverance ministry. I'm not called to fast or to pray or to live a consecrated life. Imaginations are principles, concepts, ideas, and doctrines that have been created have been perverted and have been made up. And so what we have to do is we have to recognize the wrong and then we have to cast them down. So you can't dwell with these imaginations and think it's okay to believe these things. You have to choose today that tonight I'm going to believe the word of God. I am tired of believing the enemy. I'm tired of listening to the lies of the serpent and the lies of the snake because as I obey the enemy's lies, listen to his lies, I'm giving him power and giving him the ability and I'm authorizing, giving him building permits to come behind enemy lines and to start building in my mind. And so he says, you need to cast down the imaginations. You need to destroy the arguments. Okay. Some of you aren't going to like this because all you do is argue on social media all day. You feel like it's your calling to argue with people and you need to destroy arguments, opinions that exalt against the knowledge of God that exalt themselves. And you need to take every thought captive. Remind you. This is speaking of the mind. We're all, we're talking here about things that are built in the mind. You need to be careful when you're talking about these things, these doctrines that have been made up, these opinions and these arguments and all these doctrines that have been made up by men, because you'll end up down a rabbit trail, becoming a conspiracy theory believer and start following doctrines that are not biblical. And you'll start telling yourself, well, maybe hell isn't real and maybe demons don't exist. And maybe everyone is saved and maybe, you know, salvation just forever and I can live how I want. And you start going down these arguments and these opinions and you're watching all these people on YouTube that have no scriptures, that have no biblical backing, that have no fruit in their life and you start following these things, these concepts, these imaginations, these arguments, these opinions and the Bible says you need to cast them down and you need to take the thoughts captive. Take them captive. Now I'm going to talk more later about consecrating your thoughts but notice the language that Paul says. He goes, you need to capture them. You need to bind your thoughts. You need to arrest your thoughts. And he uses um, imagery of like a wild animal that's running wild. And you need to take it captive and cage it up and tie it up. Because if you don't, it's going to run wild and cause damage in your life. Now, some of you are going, brother, you are preaching right to me. And you know where I'm going because a lot of time, our thoughts are like wild animals that want to bring wreak havoc in our mind. They want to destroy our mind. They want to bring fear and bring 
having anxiety. And if we don't capture them, they'll run around our mind and wreak all out havoc. Now, David talked about this in Psalms 94, 19. He said, when my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your comfort delights my soul. Now, does anyone in the chat know what David is talking about when you get into loops of thoughts where the more you think about something, come on, I guess I'm preaching to myself tonight, the more anxious you get. He says, my anxious thoughts are multiplying. The more that I think about them, they're making me anxious. And you can sit there for 10 minutes and thinking of one thing and it goes from, oh man, I found a spot somewhere on my body 10 minutes later, you're anxious thinking, maybe I have cancer. What am I going to do if I die? I mean, this is the way our anxious thoughts multiply. Or you're looking at the economy and you're seeing what's going on. And before you even know it, you're thinking about losing your job and you might lose your home and you might go into foreclosure and everything you worked for might be gone. And what do we, what am I going to do if I lose the job? And I didn't even go to college and I'm not going to be able to pay this. And how are my kids going to eat? And where am I going to go here? And nothing's even happened all because you were watching the news and they talked about places and the, how bad the economy was doing and how jobs are closing down and unemployment was running out and the anxious thoughts begin to multiply and you start heart starts racing, start having shortness of breath. How do you know so much brother Isaiah about this? because I've dealt with this. I've battled this and I know that God wants to set you free in the mind. The longer you dwell on things, the more your thoughts multiply. So you need to bind them, capture them, arrest them, tie them up. It's all the same word before they get out of control. You got to get your thoughts in control. I want to talk to somebody that's been dealing with restless thoughts. You've been dealing with demonic thoughts. You've been battling in your mind. It's time for you to start taking your thoughts captive before your thoughts try to take you captive. Your thoughts want to captivate you. They want to take you captive. Have you ever been captivated by something or somebody that is a thought trying to arrest you, trying to imprison you? But I say today that I will not be controlled by my thought, but I will control my thoughts in Jesus' name that I refuse to be a prisoner in my own mind. Christ has given me the power. He's given me the authority and he's given me the ability to gain freedom in my mind. Now, have to, you, you have to understand this tonight that every single one of you, because this is not going to make sense what we're going to go into talking about different strongholds and how to assault and break strongholds. If you don't understand that everyone's made up of three parts. So we all have physical bodies, which is what the world sees when they look at us. We all have our spirit man where God dwells, the spiritual area of our life where God dwells when we repent and when we're born again. And then the third part of us is our soul, which is compromised uh, or comprised of the mind, the will, and the emotion. So the physical body, what you see here, my spirit man, which is where God dwells when I repent and I'm born again. And then we have the soul, which is the mind, the will and the emotion. So when we're born again, God breathes his Holy Spirit into us and our spirits go from being dead to being alive. How many of you know you've gone from death to life and you've been transferred from darkness to light? So we were all created to walk in the spirit, meaning and this is what walking in the spirit is. We submit our bodies, our physical bodies, our minds, our will, and our emotions to the spirit of God who is now alive in us. Friend, you have to know this, that you were once dead in your trespasses. You were spiritually dead. You were spiritually appraised. You were blind. You were a spiritual zombie. And God has put his power in you when you were born again. He's put his spirit on the inside of you. And to walk in the spirit means I am submitting my mind, my will, my emotions, and my body to God, which means 
I can't go out and do whatever I want with my body. I can't live however I want. I can't be going out sleeping around and going out doing this and going out doing that with that person and waving this there and waving that there. My body no longer belongs to me. That's why the Bible says, present your body as a living sacrifice. My body is a temple of God and my body belongs to God. My mind now belongs to God. Satan, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost so strong up in here. Satan, this mind does not belong to you. Some of you, all you need to do is let the enemy know that your mind does not belong to him. Satan, my emotions do not belong to you any longer. I refuse to let you make me bitter. I refuse for you to make me where I can't cry and be emotional and express emotion. The devil is a liar. I come against him in Jesus' name. And I say that to walk in the spirit is to walk according to the will of God. Now, the more that we allow the Holy Spirit to move in our lives, the more our mind our will and our emotions are transformed. Now, all of a sudden, I actually want to do things for God. Why? Because my will is being changed by God's power. Your will is your ability to make decisions. So before, I didn't want to pray. I didn't want to fast. I didn't want to read my Bible. I didn't want to go to church. I didn't want to go to prayer meeting. I didn't want to live holy. I didn't want to do none of that. But now that I'm walking in the Spirit, the Spirit of God is renewing my will, my decision-making abilities. And so now my will wants to serve God. I want to pray. I desire to read. I have a holy addiction to his presence. Why? Because it's a sign that my will is being renewed. I hope this is helping somebody type one. My will is being renewed. I'm no longer a slave to lustful things. I'm no longer plotting against people. I'm now went from seeing the worst in people before I was saved to now seeing the best in people. Why is that? Because my mind is being renewed. My mind no longer thinks about things of this world. I no longer look at women like just some piece of meat passing by. I'm no longer bitter or angry or racist like I used to be. Why? Because my mind is being restored and renewed by the Holy Spirit to what God originally designed it to be. And so the closer I draw to him, the more my mind, the more my will, these things start getting renewed and my mind and my thoughts start adapting to the mind of Christ do the thoughts of God. Now, emotions are huge because many of us have damaged emotions from childhood traumas, life experiences, letdowns, and toxic relationships. I remember when I got saved, I didn't cry for close to 10 years. I had friends die and family members pass away and animals that I loved pass away. And for close to 10 years, I didn't shed one tear. Why? Because my emotions were damaged from shame, from guilt, from bitterness, from resentment, and from the, the trials of life. And I didn't know why I was couldn't cry. I just, just literally could not cry. And I didn't realize my heart was so hard. My emotions were messed up. And when I encountered God, I bawled like a baby. I cried. I'm telling you, I cried more in the first two weeks of encountering God than I probably cried in my entire life because God was renewing and God was restoring my emotions and the emotions that had been damaged, God began to heal. And I want to speak to somebody that has damaged emotions tonight. I speak to you that God wants to heal you. God wants to deliver you. God wants to bring breakthrough. Come on, I'm reading the chat. God wants to bring breakthrough tonight in your emotions. Have you been through trauma? If you've been through divorce, if you're having tormenting thoughts, which I'm going to go into, we're going to get healed tonight in our emotions. And now I'm telling you, friend, when I get in prayer, I could cry and I don't even know why I'm crying. And it's because God has restored and renewed my emotions. I'm sensitive. When I hear people share their testimony, I start getting in tears. I have to bite my lip because I want to cry and I have to hold back tears. Why? 
because God has now restored my emotions and God is continuing to restore. And so if you need your emotions restored, tonight is your night for God to deliver you in your emotions, for God to restore your emotions and God to make you whole. Now you say, Isaiah, where is this whole thing about your soul and your body and your spirit? First Thessalonians 5.23, Paul explains this and he says, may the very God of peace sanctify you completely. And I pray to God that your whole spirit your soul and your body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now the Greek word that's translated from completely is holothesis and it means this, to be whole through and through, to be complete to the end, but watch this here, this is the Greek meaning of complete, to be undamaged and to be perfect. Think about this, Paul is saying this, I am praying that you would get a, to a point in your life and in your soul where your soul, which is your mind, your will and emotions would be undamaged, would be perfect, would be complete complete and whole through and through. So is this God's will for my life? Yes. God's will for your life is that you'd be undamaged in your mind, your will, and your emotions. And I know this to be true because Paul makes it very clear in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. Now, if God did not want this, Paul would not be praying out of the will of God. So Paul says, listen, I'm praying for you tonight that you would not be damaged. Listen, you are not damaged good. I know some of you say, Isaiah, I'm emotionally damaged from a past relationship. I'll never get over it. Friend, you are in a perfect position for God to heal you tonight. He goes, I want you to be undamaged. I want you to be healed. I want you to be whole. This is the God that we serve. He's a God that says, I will make all things new. And tonight, God wants to make your emotions, your ambitions, your dreams brand new. Ephesians 4.22, I want you to see what Paul says in the Amplified. He says, strip yourselves of your former nature put off and discard your old unrenewed self which characterize your previous manner of life and becomes corrupt through the lusts and the desires that spring from delusion and be constantly renewed watch this in the spirit of your mind having a fresh and fresh mental and spiritual attitude and put on the new nature, the regenerated, regenerated self created in God's image and likeness and true righteousness and holiness. Look at what Paul is saying. He's saying you need to have a fresh mental and spiritual attitude by being renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit. So in order for us to walk in personal victory over mental strongholds, we have to lay down the old self, the old way of thinking, strip off the sin nature, disarm the evil lust, desires and thoughts of the flesh. I don't care if you grew up thinking that. You, I grew up in church and this is what I was taught. I don't care what you grew up knowing. Bible says rip off the old nature. Rip off the unrenewed, religious, traditional, complacent self. Well, when I was raised all my life, I got taught this. Well, guess what? God says you were taught wrong and I'm reteaching you tonight that the way that you look at women is wrong. The way that you look at men is wrong. The way that you look at other cultures and races is wrong. The way that you act is is wrong. Well, my mom talked to my dad like that. It doesn't matter. You're not your mom or your dad. Well, this is how my dad treated my mom. And that's how I'm going to treat my wife. Well, guess what? Your wife is not your mom and you're not your dad. I'm preaching to someone strong tonight. And God says, I want to renew your mind. So get over your stinking thinking. Get over the strongholds in your mind. I don't care. Well, I'm 70. It's too late. You're a perfect candidate to getting over the thoughts, the strongholds. Well, I'm never going to achieve this. That's a stronghold. That's your old renewed self. Well, God doesn't want to bless me or me to be happy. I'm telling you, I feel the Holy Ghost. We're assaulting every stronghold tonight. These are lies from the enemy. God wants you to prosper 
word. He wants you to be healed. He wants you to be whole. Paul says we must participate. We cannot sit back and expect this to happen. This is why some of you say, well, this is just God's will for my life to never be happy, to always be anxious, to always be depressed, to always have issues. No, it's not. You're, you aren't putting the effort in to stripping off the old sinful nature. Paul says you have to strip off the old nature, the old thinking, and this whole mindset of, well, I'm just going to do positive vibes. That's, that's not godly, friend. That's not the kingdom of God. Get rid of all the stuff you've learned in the culture and society and the status quo and the norm and put on your new nature. Put on biblical principles. The world keeps wanting to put this on you and God wants to keep stripping it off you. There's not one time or one thing that I'm not constantly stripping off in my life. Every day I'm trying to strip off what the world is trying to put on me. The world is trying to give me their agenda, their plan, their will, the way they do things. And even the church, people say, oh, Isaiah, don't talk about that. And don't talk about deliverance and spiritual warfare. Just be like us. I don't want to be like you. I don't want to be a part of a dead religious church where people don't get healed. People don't get delivered. People don't get saved. I am stripping off what religion has tried to put on me. I'm stripping off what the lies and the plans of the ass- assignments of the enemy. Somebody needs to strip off what the enemy tried to put on you with that old relationship. Now that you're in a new relationship, listen, the guy that you're dating now is not the guy you dated then strip off that old the old mindset the old nature the old way of thinking the old way of praying the old way of fasting come on it's time for us to put on the mind of christ i want complete victory in my thought life i want to be in control don't you want to be and i'm reading your comments don't you want to be in control of your thought life? Aren't you tired of letting the enemy tell you what to think? Aren't you tired of your mind spinning out of control? Aren't you exhausted with racing thoughts? Have you ever wondered why you can sit around all day long at home, do nothing during this pandemic, and then go to bed exhausted? Like, how in the world am I tired? Because all day long, you've been letting your mind race. You've been letting your thoughts take off. You've been imagining and fantasizing and letting the devil come in through your the, the stronghold and speak to you and give you thoughts. Can the devil give you thoughts? Yes, he can. If there's demons, if there's strongholds, if there's mental break uh, barriers, then the devil absolutely can. When the enemy begins building strongholds in our minds, it's often easy to tell because we don't compare. It's hard. It's easy to tell. I mean, I'm sorry. It's hard to tell because we don't usually compare our thoughts to other people's thoughts. And so we're like, we don't really know. Is it a stronghold? Am I normal? Because as everybody think this way, is everybody anxiety, have anxiety like me? Does everybody have depression like me? Does everybody have fear like me? Does everybody have lustful thoughts like me? So we need to look at these different things and look at the symptoms and like a doctor does and say, okay, maybe there's something there that needs to break. Because here's the deal, friend. You cannot break out of these strongholds if you don't recognize them. If you're in denial, if you fail to recognize the strongholds, you're never going to get free from them. And so you have to understand how the enemy is building. And the danger about strongholds is the enemy is building behind our defenses. He's building behind enemy territory and he's there because you've given him permission to be there by something in your life. So let's talk about some common strongholds And let's just see, let's just get real tonight and let's just see if we can identify some of these strongholds in our lives because there might be stuff that you thought was normal, but as I share some of these, you're like, well, this isn't normal. I need to get free. I need to get breakthrough tonight. And then later we'll go on and talk about assaulting strongholds and breaking strongholds. That's not going to take long, but I want to talk about now there's a 50 strongholds that I can go over. We can talk symptoms and we can talk, you know, questions answered and asked and we can go on and on, but I want to give you some very common strongholds, mental strongholds, not demons, strongholds, fortresses 
places, towers, castles that the enemy has built in our mind that we deal with even as believers. And the first one I want to talk about is depression. And this is probably one of the most common strongholds, especially in the life of believers. And I want to give you some startling statistics. According to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the United States, affecting 40 million adults are affected by depression and anxiety. That's 18% of the U.S. population. And at any one point in time, 3 to 5% of people suffer from major depression. The lifetime risk of suffering with major depression, this is worldly statistics, is 17%. Anxiety disorders cost the United States more than $42 billion a year year, which is one third of the country's $148 billion mental health bill. So $42 billion a year is attributed to depression and to anxiety. And studies go on to say that most people who struggle with anxiety also struggle with depression and vice versa. A people, a person who battles depression usually exhibits symptoms of depression. Now, let me go over some symptoms that you might have in your life, a stronghold of depression. Okay. Persistent, sad, anxious, or an empty mood, grief, um, crying or abnormal crying. You can't stop crying. Self-pity. Shame is also a part of depression. Feeling hopelessness. Like you're just hopeless about your future. You're hopeless about what's happening in your life. Feelings of guilt, worthlessness or helplessness. Loss of interest or pleasures in hobbies and activities that you once enjoyed. And I want to prophesy over some of you that some of you have lost passion in a hobby or something you used to enjoy because now you're depressed. God is going to restore you. God is going to restore your joy and he's going to break depression tonight decreased energy fatigue or feeling like you're moving in slow motion difficulty concentrating or remembering things or making decisions insomnia waking up extremely early or oversleeping appetite or weight loss um, overeating and weight gain thoughts of suicide death suicidal attempts restlessness irritability persistent physical symptoms now this is not coming from the, the some you know bible scholar this is the symptoms of depression from this organization i'm telling you about these are things people are dealing with it, tormenting thoughts, confusion, cutting or bringing physical harm to your body to distract yourself from emotional pain. And I want to tell you that God is wanting to set you free. If you're dealing with these symptoms, Isaiah, I've had a loss of appetite or an increase of appetite. I'm sleeping all day. I don't know why I'm having bad insomnia. There might be, and there probably is a stronghold of depression and God wants to set you free tonight. Now, one of the easy ways to tell if there's a spirit of stronghold is you can't identify the reason why you're depressed. Let me say that again. An easy way to tell if there's a stronghold of depression is you cannot figure out why you're depressed. Now, if there was something in your life, like you just lost your job or you lost your marriage or you lost a family member or something traumatic happened to you, you can point to that and say, that's the reason why I'm depressed. Oftentimes when it's a demon or a stronghold, you don't know why you're depressed. You're crying and you're like, why am I crying? Why am I depressed? I have money in the bank. I have a nice house. I have a nice family. I'm blessed. I'm healthy. But uh, for whatever reason, I just feel depressed. I feel like I have a loss of purpose. These are because these are strongholds that the enemy has built in our mind. Now, how did that depression stronghold get there? One of the main ways is believing the lie that God has forgotten about you. I'm preaching strong to somebody tonight. 
believing the lie that God or you've missed the plan God has for you. God doesn't have a plan for you. There's no reason to get out of bed. There's no reason to live. I remember waking up the first day after I was saved and thinking, man, I'm waking up with purpose. I'm waking up with passion and joy. And I want to prophesy over somebody that's been getting out of bed and just dragging themselves out of bed, that God wants to give you passion to get out of bed, that God wants to give you a joy to get out of bed. God wants to restore your passion for life. And that I command, I'm telling you, and I'm going to pray for you tonight. Depression is going to leave in Jesus name. It has no power. It has no strength. That stronghold is going to be broken in the name of Jesus. Okay. The second one I want to discuss here that's a major stronghold is anxiety and fear. Now, I put these two together because they go hand in hand. By definition, anxiety is the way the body responds to stress and to fear. I did an entire video on anxiety because I used to deal with anxiety attacks, unrational anxiety, and I still do from time to time have to take anxious thoughts captive when i get anxious about something whether it's the live stream whether it's about social media whether it's about traveling whether it's about bills whatever it is i have to take those things captive when i get an anxious thought guess what i arrest that anxious thought because i already know the road that anxiety takes me down i already know the slippery slope of anxiety and so i have to learn how to arrest that anxious thought and this is skyrocket during the pandemic and the reason being is because many of you don't know what your future Future holds and this is a major cause of anxiety is not knowing what the future holds and this is an amazing thing about being a believer is that you might not know what the future holds but you know who holds the future the Bible says that the steps of the righteous are ordered by God and so I'm able to put my anxious thoughts and cast my cares upon the Lord because the Bible says he cares and he'll carry my burdens you know, many of us, because there's incredible amount of responsibilities, there's a lot of things to be worried about. What if this goes wrong? What if this happens? What if this doesn't happen? Worry is the fuel or the gasoline for anxiety. Now, here's what I want to share. This is so interesting. The word worry comes from an old English word that means to strangle. That's literally what the word worry means. It means strangle. And we all know how accurate this is because we have felt like the worries of life have strangled our passion, have strangled strangled our energy, have strangled our time, have strangled our desires, and worry literally means to be strangled. But tonight, God is going to unravel, he's going to unwrap, and you're no longer going to be strangled by anxiety. You're no longer going to be strangled by fear. I hope I'm preaching to someone tonight. If I'm not preaching to you, it's okay, because I'm preaching right to myself. You're going to strangle the attacks and the assignments and the strongholds of the enemy, because God does not want you to be anxious. Now, let me get some I'm going to give you some symptoms of the way that anxiety manifests. Here's a few. There's a lot of them, but let me give you a few ways that anxiety practically manifests in our life. Uh, phobias, the fear of death, panic attacks, the fear of crowds, claustrophobia, the fear of heights, fear of the dark, fear of authority figures, migraine headaches, accusations, confusions in the mind, depression, the lack of trust, being judgmental, nightmares and night terror, stress, worry, timidity, torment, insomnia, being suspicious about everybody, symptoms of schizophrenia, sorrow, self-rejection, unbelief. These are all things that are tied into anxiety. Now, I've noticed personally, let me just give you personally, when I'm stressed out or I'm anxious before bed, I oftentimes have nightmares or night terrors. Why? Because anxiety and fear are attached to each other and those things will strangle you at night and those open doors for night demons, night terrors, and nightmares to have an open access point and for the enemy to visit us at night. 
This is one reason why God wants to set you free by the power of the Holy Spirit and by his anointing tonight so you don't have to wrestle with this anxiety. You don't have to wrestle. Now, these are all manifestations of the stronghold of anxiety and fear. And oftentimes, people bound by fear live to please other people and they never truly fulfill the destiny God has for them. You're never going to be free from anxiety and fear until you stop worrying about what people think about you. Let me say that louder for some of you sitting in the back. Stop worrying about what people think about you. You are never going to get free from fear and anxiety if you care what people think. You have to stop caring. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. Fear and anxiety create loudness and chaos in the mind but God says I want to give you a sound mind and I prophesy over you no longer are you going to worry about what is my pastor what is my family what is my friend going to think about me but I don't care what people think about me in fact Paul said if I was worried about what you thought about me I would never be a bond servant of Christ I would never be a Christian people are like aren't you afraid that so-and-so made a video about you or so aren't you afraid of so-and-so making a video about this no because negative promotion is still promotion. Negative publicity is still publicity. And to be honest with you, I can care less what people think about me because I'm a slave of Christ. I'm a slave of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm worried. See, when you lose, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost strong tonight. When you have the fear of God, you will lose the fear of man. When you have the fear of God, you're going to lose the fear of what are people going to say or people going to think. I'm going to tell you what people are going to say. They're going to call you crazy. They're going to think you've lost your mind. They're going to persecute you. Well, how do you know that? Because Jesus said, if they did it to me, they're going to do it to you. But he said, fear not for I have already overcome the world. And I speak somebody right now that God is breaking the fear of man off of you in Jesus name. I speak that the stronghold of anxiety and fear is being broken and that God has a beautiful, amazing, incredible, powerful, passionate plan for your life. And you don't have to worry. Just keep pressing into God and keep seeking God and God will have his way in your life. Okay. The third stronghold I want to discuss here that's very common again I can give you 50 of these but I want to give you some common ones and then I'm going to quickly give you some steps to demolishing the strongholds I won't go I won't go super long I know we're 50 minutes in here with just the preaching portion but we're going for it you already got your DoorDash you already got your Chipotle praise the Lord the third major stronghold is sexual immorality we're going there this has assaulted our generation and mainly it's through this right here mainly sexual immorality and pornography is coming through the cell phone it is extremely easy in our day to hide this to cover this up and the enemy is assaulting vomiting on our generation with sexual immorality now let me give you some crazy st statistics on how you on on pornography one in five mobile searches are for pornography i want you to think about this of the billions of searches on google youtube and all these platforms one out of every five is a search for pornography pornography is a 100 plus billion dollar industry over 40 million americans regularly visit pornographic sites 28,000 users are watching pornography every single second 71 percent of teenagers hide their online behavior from their parents 70 percent of men which i think it's way more than this but let's just say 70 because that's what the statistics said that i looked up of men 18 to 24 watch pornography at least once a month and sunday is the most popular day of the week statistically to watch pornography friend i am telling you we are in a sexual immorality epidemic right now you want to talk about a pandemic the pandemic is sexual immorality it is robbing god's people of their god-given destiny it is polluting the fountains 
It is stopping the move of God. It is ruining marriages. It's ruining families. It's ruining images. It's shutting down your spiritual eyes. It's shutting down your spiritual ears. It is a massive issue. Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 7.26, I discovered that a seductive woman is a trap that is more bitter than death. Her passion is a snare. Her soft hands are chains. And those who are pleasing to God will escape her, but sinners will be caught in her trap. This is how this is how Solomon, the wisest person in the Bible aside from Jesus, describes a seductive woman. He says her trap is worse than death. Her passion and her, her soft hands are literally chains. And he says, "Listen, if you're pleasing to God, you're going to escape them." But God is saying right now, you have to understand that there is an attack on our generation. There is an attack and an assignment on our generation for sexual immorality, and God is breaking this stronghold. So you have to understand that lust is not a small issue. It's not oh, just a website, brother. Just get free. This is complete, total demonic bondage that the enemy has put on the people of God. And I refuse to accept it. I refuse to accept this is the norm. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to be doing more 10 minute videos on YouTube about sexual sin and a bunch of other things because I am not going to be silent during the sexual epidemic. It is time for God's people to raise the standard. If pastors are out cheating on their wives, massive celebrity pastors, what do you think is happening in the church? Colossians 3, 5 says, put to death what is earthly in you. And the first thing he says to kill is sexual immorality. So you need to kill this before it kills you because it has a devastating effect on the family, on communities, on people. James 1.14 says each person is tempted when he's lured in and enticed by his own desires. When the desire is conceived, it gives birth to death or to sin and sin gives birth to, birth to death. Lusts child is death. The child of lust is death. The child of pornography is death. The child of adultery is death. The child of prostitution is death. And you have to understand it's, it's not just clicking on a website, friend. When you get on that website, you're signing your death certificate because the Bible says sexual sin births death. Death is the child of pornography. And friend, I'm telling you, we need to take this with fear and with trembling Galatians 5.19 says sexual impurity is a work of the flesh and anyone that does works of the flesh will not inherit the kingdom of God. Friend, I'm begging you. I'm pleading with you. God delivered me 10 years ago from pornography and if God can do it for me, he can do it for you. This is not a joke. This is not a game. This is not some website or a picture or a TikTok video. This is your life on the line. This is your eternity at stake. Hear the sound of the trumpet tonight. Hear the cry of the John the Baptist in the wilderness crying out flee from sexual immorality flee from lust if you're having sexual thoughts that you don't want if you have thoughts of sleeping with other people's husband or wife if you're continuing to struggle with pornography even every time you finish watching it you hate it if you dwell on sexual thoughts or sexual fantasies if you struggle to overcome masturbation these are signs of strongholds and the lust of the mind and god wants to break them people get free from demons but they say, I'm battling this still. I'm battling lust. This is a stronghold of the mind and God wants to set you free and deliver you. Okay. Number four, major struggle. I'm trying to go quick here tonight is giving false testimony. You like, what in the world is that? This is a major and common stronghold giving false testimony. We are not supposed to make false statements on anyone's actions or characters. And when you have this critical mindset about everybody, 
This will literally dominate your thought life. And every time you meet someone, you're immediately going to look at what's wrong with them instead of what's right with them. This is a critical stronghold. This is a false witness stronghold. This is demonic. People who've had bad past relationships deal with this. They project their past relationship on the current one and it's unfair and it's demonic and we bear false witness. We give false testimony. And here's the deal, friend. We're living in a generation of fake news where it's no longer uh, innocent till proven guilty. It's guilty till proven innocent. So you can literally go online and just expose whoever you want and slander whoever you want. And listen, YouTube is is famous for having a culture where men of God get on there, make their little YouTube video and try to slander, expose, cut clips out and make fun of everybody and talk about why everyone's a false prophet, but them. And that's why I don't use my channel to call people out. I don't mention names. I don't try to expose people because our God is a God that covers. We're called to cover each other, to help each other in love, to address each other directly. But when we're giving false witness or bearing false witness or saying things that are not true, we are getting ourselves outside the will of God. And this is a stronghold now let's look at some questions to ask ourselves to see if there's a stronghold in our life for this okay so let's ask questions like this is it a normal occurrence for you to think about or speak about somebody in a critical manner does it bring you pleasure and we're getting real okay if you're not sweating i am does it bring you pleasure or comfort to speak critically about others do you feel more valuable when you find fault with somebody else? Okay, and I can go 20 minutes on each one of these, but I won't. Is it easy for you to share negative or critical things about other individuals? Do you gossip on a regular basis? When you're pulled into a conversation in which people are gossiping about someone else, do you excuse yourself or do you entertain the discussion? Do you speak critically about others without going to the person and trying to work out the issue in a scriptural manner? When you're asked to hold something in confidence, do you share it with everybody? Have you spoken negatively about a leader or a person of influence to cause others to think negatively about that leader? These are bearing false witness and God hates it. It's getting hot in here, y'all. These are signs of the stronghold of bearing false witness. Okay, that leads me into the next stronghold. The fifth stronghold I want to discuss is jealousy or envy. Let's talk about this because our social media generation is extremely common, extremely easy to become jealous or become envious. And this is something God does not want for you because it's so easy now. Everything is posted. Everything is shared. Every highlight, every trophy, every time you bring your wife flowers, every time you go on vacation, you post about it, which makes an atmosphere or a culture where it is easy to be jealous of other people's success. It's easy. Oh, he has so many followers. He has so many subscribers. He has so many likes and views and this and that. And And so we become jealous and we become envious. And the thing is jealousy and envy robs us of what God wants to do in our life. It robs us of the blessing of God. Jealousy basically means you're resentful towards somebody else's success. It drives the person to lash out on those who are being used of God or experiencing God's favor in their life. And a jealous person is easily threatened and self-seeking and self-promoting. And let's look at some questions. Okay. It's going to get real here that we can ask ourselves to see if there's a stronghold of jealousy in our life. Let's ask these questions. Are we able to rejoice when other people succeed? All right. Most of you already failed that one. Do you feel threatened when others achieve success, whether it be in ministry, at your job, at work, at school, in your family? When God uses someone powerfully, are you able to rejoice or does it make you feel overlooked and dishonored? Do you struggle with thoughts of dislike or hatred towards people because of their successes? Have you constantly asked yourself, why does everyone else always receive blessing and favor but me? 
Do you look for opportunities to speak negatively about others because of their successes? Do you feel a need to promote yourself instead of trusting God to do it? Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. Do you blame everybody else for your lack of success? If that's a yes to most of those, there's probably a stronghold of jealousy and envy, and God wants to deliver you tonight. If you cannot celebrate other success, why would God trust you with success? Jealousy will always tell you, Someone else's success is taking away from my success. But friend, I want to tell you, there's enough success for everybody to go around. And I realized that when I started embracing and celebrating people, celebrating what God was doing in other ministries, celebrating what God was doing down the road at the church down the road, instead of saying, oh, nobody else has the fire and the passion like me, God was able to trust me with success. If you want success in your business, Start supporting other businesses. If you want success in your marriage, start supporting healthy marriages and stop comparing yourself. Okay, the last stronghold I want to go over and then I'm going to give you quick, some very, 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 very quick steps on how to demolish strongholds is the stronghold of trauma. This is my sixth stronghold. Again, I had about 50 of these and I narrowed them down for the sake of time to six of them is the trauma stronghold. And I want to touch on specifically tormenting thoughts which is something most people don't talk about. And these, I wouldn't characterize as strongholds, but I think tormenting thoughts can develop into strongholds. And I know God specifically impressed on me tonight that God wants to heal the mind of tormenting thoughts. Now, tormenting thoughts usually come from traumatic experiences. We've all had traumatic experiences in our lives and we've had to deal with the residual effects of usually traumatic things that cause tormenting thoughts. When people go through certain traumatic events, they can, uh, their mind is never the same, basically. And in fact, a lot of mental illnesses start from horrible traumatic experiences, which produce traumatic thoughts or tormenting thoughts or haunting thoughts or thoughts that we can't get rid of, reoccurring images of bad experiences. And remember, I want to say this, and I've said this before, Satan does not play fair and he uses traumatic experiences to wreak all out havoc on our mind. And oftentimes these traumatic experiences become an open door for him to come into our mind and begin to torment our mind. When you get tormenting thoughts, do not dwell on them, but take them captive so they don't become strongholds. Now what happens is when we get tormenting thoughts, oftentimes they become strongholds because we dwell on them. We go back to that time we were molested or raped or abused or we got in that fight or we got in that car accident or a loved one died in front of us or we were in the hospital and those traumatic experiences play in our mind and when we allow them to keep playing, we give the devil room to build the thought into a stronghold and once it develops from a tormenting thought, because remember all strongholds start as a thought, into a stronghold, it becomes harder and harder to get rid of. Now I want you to look at what the Webster Dictionary says about trauma. It says this, trauma is the Greek word for wound, and although the Greeks use the term only for physical injuries, nowadays trauma is just likely able to be referred to emotional wounds. We now know that a traumatic event can leave psychological symptoms long after the physical injury have healed. The psychological reaction to emotional trauma has now been an established name called post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD, which usually occurs after an extremely stressful event, such as a wartime combat, a natural disaster, sexual or physical abuse, and its symptoms often include depression, anxiety, flashbacks, and reoccurring nightmares. Now, I want you guys to think about something. This is a secular Webster is not a Christian. Webster Dictionary is not a Christian website. It's secular, yet they're recognizing that traumatic experiences bring strongholds, bring tormenting thoughts in our life, 
And the only way to get rid of them is by the power of God. You cannot get rid of these by natural ways. People have been trying to bring solutions and there's no natural remedy for PTSD. There's no solution. There's no medication. They can, you know, medicate you, but there's no way to solve PTSD. People that have PTSD, they have to deal with it for the rest of their life. And I have personally seen people and my immediate family get delivered of PTSD. I've seen people I've done deliverance on get delivered from a spirit of PTSD, but also the stronghold of post-traumatic stress disorder in the mind. God wants to break it tonight and to understand, and a lot of this, let me just give you some traumatic experiences that lead to strongholds, violent attacks, car wrecks, traumatic accidents resulting in injury, experiencing rejection while still in the womb, having parents who are driven by rage and anger, excessive teasing as a school, as a child with family members or schools or students, being picked on or beaten up by a childhood bully, having alcoholic parents, experiencing sexual abuse or molestation, the death of a loved one, a long term of unemployment, seeing pornographic material as a child, okay? Being violated or victimized by another person, desertion or divorce, unfair treatment by a teacher or authority figure, that could be a pastor, total disappointment or letdown by individuals you trusted. And I want to tell you today that no matter what trauma you have experienced, Christ wants to bring healing and wholeness to your mind despite the plans the schemes and the traps of satan the finished work of the cross has the power to completely remove and excavate every tormenting thought and traumatic stronghold god is fighting for you tonight and get ready tonight to be washed and cleansed in your mind by god's power and by god's word i really do believe that god is breaking strongholds in the mind and god is equipping his church to come out of strongholds and i know many of you in the chat are saying i've dealt with this but i believe after tonight that god is going to heal you of traumatic experiences that God is going to renew your mind. God is going to restore your mind and God is going to break them. I want to give you quickly here. I'm going, to, I'm going to go about 10 more Pentecostal minutes. Type one in the chat. If you guys have 10 more minutes here for me to give you these quick strategies, practical. And I don't want to get all spiritual and try to give you a thousand verses and try to make it hard for you to understand. I want to give you practical, practical steps that you can start today to breaking strongholds. Now, are we going to pray? Yes, but these are weapons you're going to use as you live your life to breaking mental strongholds. I've used all of these weapons. They're all scriptural and they're going to work if you apply them, if you take them serious, if you get real about them. God is going to use these to break strongholds in your life. Number one, a key to assaulting and breaking strongholds is spending time with the Holy Spirit. And I cannot say this enough. You become who you spend time with. And when you spend time with this or that, you're going to become like the thing you're spending time with. But when you spend time with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will come in and begin to destroy strongholds in your life. The less time you spend with the Holy Spirit, the less you're going to be like him. You are going to be who you hang out with. And I tell people this all the time. If you want to see your future, people are like, I want to see into the future. And I'm like, okay, you want me to tell you your future? Look at the people that you're hanging around with. Whoever you're hanging out with is going to be your future. And if you're hanging around people that are drinking, you're going to end up drinking. If you're hanging around people that are angry, you're going to get angry. If you're hanging around gossipers, you're going to be a gossiper. If you're hanging around lukewarm, you're going to be a lukewarm. 
Whoever you hang with is who you become. And as you spend time in prayer, without even knowing, you're going to take on the mind of Christ. And the only way to know his mind is to hear his voice. And this happens in prayer. When you start spending time with the Holy Spirit, your old patterns of thinking get replaced by the thoughts of God. You're no longer going to talk like the world. You're no longer going to think like the world. You're no longer going to act like the world. The best way to overcome strongholds, number one, is spending time with the Holy Spirit. I don't care if you have to schedule time with him. Get some alone time with him. It doesn't matter what time. It doesn't matter how long, but get some alone time. And then let me just say this, even more than getting alone time, this is going to change your life if you hear me tonight. Start inviting the Holy Spirit into the things of your life. Start inviting him in. The Holy Spirit oftentimes will not come without an invitation. If you're going to work, say, Holy Spirit, I invite you to go to work with me. If you're going to school, say, Holy Spirit, I invite you to go to school with me. If you're in your home, say, Holy Spirit, and do this every day. Holy Spirit, I invite you into my home. He's not, a, he's not an object. He is a person, and we need to make a practice in our lives with inviting the presence of God and hosting the presence of God. And, and then honestly, just being aware that he's there. Acknowledge him throughout the day. Recognize he's there. Appreciate his presence. Have you ever gone to like, a birthday party or an event and nobody recognizes you nobody says hi to you nobody acknowledges you are you going to want to go back when you get invited are you going to want to go back no because you weren't special no one no one acknowledged you no one said hi to you no one recognized you and when we live our lives and we don't acknowledge the holy spirit we don't acknowledge his power we don't acknowledge what he's doing in our life the holy spirit says why would i keep showing up if you're not inviting me first of all i'm having to show up uninvited which is the worst thing i mean think about it just going to a birthday party uninvited it's just weird it just doesn't feel right but not only am i uninvited but when i get there you don't even acknowledge me and and you know all the people that you don't get invited but you know you just show up anyways because you're like me and you're hispanic you just show up even where you're not invited and then you get to the party and it's like oh i totally forgot to invite you but you know you can always come or you don't get invited so you sit at home and you're up on instagram and everyone's at the birthday party everyone's at the meeting everyone's having fun and then you're like oh wow that looks so fun and then they message you later and they're like oh i totally forgot to invite you but you know you're always invited to my party don't you know you're always invited and it's like yeah i know i'm invited you tell me that but i actually wanted an invitation I actually wanted someone to text me or call me or message me. And friend, the Holy Spirit's a person, which I'm going to do a video soon on grieving him and quenching him. He could be grieved and he goes... I know I'm invited, but I would like you just to give me an invite. Jesus went to the wedding banquet because the Bible says he was invited to the wedding banquet. So he wasn't inviting himself. He was invited. So I'm not talking about just praying in tongues all day. Guys, I'm talking about a relationship. Sometimes just sitting there in someone's presence is enough because you love them. Come on, you all know what I'm talking about. You don't even have to even talk to them. Just being with them is enough because you're in love with them. And that's the Holy Spirit wanting to do in your life. It's, in, it's impossible to spend time with him and not change. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you, when you spend time with the Holy Ghost, you'll go from wanting to live unholy to wanting to live holy. You'll be from angry to not being angry anymore. Being anxious and depressed to not being anxious and depressed. And you're going to be, you know, how in the world did that happen because you spent time with the Holy Spirit friend I want to tell you that you have access to someone the world does not have access to he is our peace he is our helper he is our rest he's our refuge in the storm don't just encounter him if you're only encountering him on Sunday you're missing it friend don't just encounter him on Sunday you're missing out if that's the only time you see him and seek him spend time with the holy spirit spend time in his presence invite him into your life acknowledge that he's there and watch the power and watch the anointing and watch the fire of the holy ghost manifest in your life when you start acknowledging him okay second way 
And second strategy is speaking and listening to God's word, okay? The only way to undo wrong thinking is to create right thinking. Jesus fought the devil with what was written. He said, it is written, and that's how he fought the enemy. So we wield the sword of the spirit with our words, and you need to learn to use the word of God against the strongholds, against the enemy. We need to memorize scripture that when the enemy comes, we can defeat him fast. You're not always gonna have time when you get that anxious thought or you're driving and that stronghold manifests. You're not always going to have time to Google up a verse. So you need to memorize the word so that you can use it against the enemy. We need to be conformed to the image of Christ, not the image of, uh, not the image of the world. We need to be renewed in our mind. So this is part of the renewing process is speaking the word of God. When you get an anxious thought, when you get a traumatic thought, when you get a racing thought, when you get a um, tormenting thought, when you get a stronghold manifesting in your life, a sexual thought, you take it captive You speak the word of God and you assault the stronghold. And I feel the fire of God tonight. You assault the stronghold in the name of Jesus. The Bible says the word became flesh. So you no longer just read it, but it was actually manifested in the life of Jesus. So God wants to manifest his word in your everyday life by speaking the word of God. The word of God has power. It's the most powerful weapon in the universe. It's more powerful than a nuclear bomb, more powerful than a nuclear warhead. The word of God has power and God's called us to be a written epistle read by all men. Second Corinthians three, two, you are a letter or a written epistle of recommendation written in our hearts, recognized and ready to be read by everybody. So Paul is saying, listen, you need to be ready for people to read you live a life where people can read you, where you're the 67th book of the Bible. You're a written epistle read by all men. Second Corinthians three, two. And so you need to allow people to look into your life, to live a pure life, a clean life, a life above reproach, living like you're in a glass house so that people can see God through your life. Also, I want to say this, listening to the word of God, practically do this. This is very practical. Turn on an audio Bible, turn on sermons, because as you do that, strongholds are going to begin to break. Some of you are like, oh yeah, I'm just washing dishes while I listen to your podcast, but not realizing as you're washing dishes, God is washing your mind. Understand that God's word has power. You might be over there flipping burgers at McDonald's with an AirPod and listening to me preach, but while you're flipping burgers, God is flipping your mindset. God is turning strongholds upside down. And so you need to understand that God is molding you and shaping you as the word is preached, as we preach the scriptures and the revelation. And as the audio Bible's playing, it's going to help you. It's going to help you break strongholds. How many of you have said, Isaiah, all these teachings have completely changed the way that I thought. What you're really saying is, man, I had so many strongholds in my mind and they were broken by listening to God's word preached. That's what you're saying. That's how strongholds are broken. Okay, the next way, number three, is confessing our sin to God and to each other. First John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us of all unrighteousness. The condition to being forgiven, write this down, is first confessing your sin, admitting it's wrong, admitting you need forgiveness, admitting you're not gonna continue. Now, why wouldn't we just confess this? Because pride doesn't want you to admit there's something wrong in your life. It doesn't want you to come to facts with the come to grips with the fact that you are in sin. And so pride will hinder you from understanding that you're living in compromise. Now, if people realize their true state, 
They would immediately ask for forgiveness, but the church in the world has sugarcoated sin and has masked the true state of the church. Now, confessing your sin is not the same as admitting. It's not admission, okay? Admission is simply telling God, I'm sorry. Confession means to say the same thing about something. So this means that I'm agreeing with God about something. So when God sees my actions and my sins and my compromise, I see it the way God sees it and I'm agreeing with God. So literally confession means to agree on something. So you're agreeing with what God says. So if you see the movie and you might say, well, it's not that bad and God says it is, when you're confessing, you're saying, I confess, I see this the way you see it. The music, I see it the way you see it. This relationship that's toxic, I confess and I see it the way you see it. So this is all about agreeing with God. And that's why James 5.16 says this, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now you might say, Isaiah, why do I need to confess my sin to each other? Why do I need to tell somebody my sin? Because the devil builds in darkness. Remember, the devil only builds in the secret of dark. And when you tell somebody your sin, you're exposing the enemy. You're exposing the darkness. And in turn, the devil's losing his power and ability to keep building in that area of your life. So that is why oftentimes it's important and powerful to confess your sins to each other. I'm not talking about going to like confession. I'm talking about simply confessing to somebody what you're going through so that they can pray for you because the prayer of the righteous is effective and powerful. Number four weapon to breaking strongholds is fasting. Okay. Fasting is very important. Let me give you some benefits of fasting. I'll do a whole thing on this another day, but fasting is empowers our prayer life. It increases spiritual discernment. It positions you to hear God. It positions you to have victory and uh, in battles, it increases your faith and oftentimes helps you to discover that we don't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Fasting also helps you deny your flesh. It helps you bring you into a greater level of humility. Fasting unlocks supernatural power. Fasting makes it easier to walk in the Holy Spirit and the power of God and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Fasting makes it easier to discern spirits, to hear God, to get words of knowledge, to get words of wisdom. It increases your faith. It helps you to pray for miracles. Fasting is invaluable in the army of God in breaking strongholds. So number four is fasting. Okay, let me give you this last one and we're done and we're going to pray for you guys. I appreciate the fact there's 2,800 of you live right now. Don't, don't leave because we're about to get into prayer. Number five, write this down. Spend your time thinking about good things. Yes, this is how I break the thought life. Remember, we're talking about the thought life, about mental strongholds, is setting my mind to think about godly things. Philippians 4, 8 says, finally, brothers, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there is any praise, and here's the key, here's the kicker, watch what he says here, think on these things. So what am I supposed to do to break the negative thoughts? Think positive thoughts. Friend, what are we thinking about? You have to be intentional. Don't wait for positive, good thoughts to come to you. You have to intentionally put your mind on the things of God, on pure things, and that's how you overcome. Now, the Greek word for think, it means to concentrate or put a focused effort somewhere. So Paul is saying, listen, you need to intentionally fix your mind on things that reflect the nature of God, because if you're not intentional, this is not just gonna happen by default. You have to have laser beam focus, just like you build your business, just like you went to college for eight years, just like you built your platform, you have to have laser beam focus. When I get onto something, everybody that knows me knows, that's all I think about. 
all I think about, whatever I'm involved in, whatever I'm doing, I've laser beam focused to get it done. If it's the deliverance network, if it's the live streams, if it's setting up a microphone, setting up a camera, it doesn't matter. Whatever hobby I get into, whatever I get into, laser beam focused. My wife is in the chat. She knows if I get into something, that's all she's going to hear about for the next month because my, my, my focus is laser beam. Paul said, have laser beam focus for things that are good. So you have to literally set your mind on these things and be intentional. But I want to just talk only about one because I'll do another video in another day on how to do all these things. But I want to focus on the first thing that he says to do is to think about things that are right, are true. That's the first thing that you need to set your mind on. So notice the first thing is true things. And the Greek word for true is actually athletes, which means real, truthful, honest or having integrity so the problem is many of us don't focus on things that are true real and honest but we focus on things that worry and concern us so he says if you want to overcome the mental battle and this is the most important point of the entire night you have to stop thinking about things that are not true thinking about issues and outcomes and things that could happen if this happens and if so-and-so breaks up, so-and-so goes there and so-and-so quits there and what if my boss moves and what if this happens and what if my landlord does this and you're thinking about things that are just not true and the Bible says you need to put your mind on things that are true because if you don't put your mind on things that are true, you're going to fall in strongholds and delusion. A study done by Dr. Walter Culver, this is what I found, that was funded by the National Science Foundation revealed startling statistics and that human beings about human human beings and worry. There's a secular study done by Dr. Walter Culver. I want you to see what he says. 30% of our worries are about events in the past. Okay. Are you guys hearing me? Type one if you're hearing me. 40% of the things we worry about never happen. 12% of our worries are on our unfounded health concerns. 10% of our worries are over minor or trivial issues. Now watch this now. Stay with me here. I hope you're listening. Only 8% of our worries are over real, legitimate issues, which means 92% of our worries are over illegitimate, unreal, things that will never happen, things that happened in the past that are never going to be, and that's what we spend our time thinking on. And this is anti-Bible because the Bible says, again, think about things that are true. So when you're thinking about your past, it's not true anymore. Why? Because the old you has died. You've been made alive. Who am I preaching to tonight? You've been made alive in Christ. You are a new creature. The old you is dead. You've been buried and resurrected with Christ. You are seated in heavenly places. You're not just a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror in Christ. And it's time to get over what they said about you as a kid. What they thought about you as a kid. Get over it and start putting your mind, get the stinking thinking, put your mind on things that are true, on things that are above. Now, the Bible says to think about things in the heavenlies or heavenly things and not carnal things. So listen, if you're spending all your day thinking about money, well, no wonder you're depressed because money is going to come and go. Have you ever heard of inflation? If you're spending your time worried about what if this happens to my kid? Listen, worry and anxiety, the Bible says, cannot add a single moment or a day to your life. They don't benefit you at all. We need to start thinking about things that are true. Now, why are, why are these statistics the case? Why are they true? Because you guessed it, Satan is a liar and he wants you to think about untrue things. Imagine the hours we spend things that, on things that will never happen or are never true and we need to choose today I am going. I don't care if you have to type it in the chat. I am going to think about 
things that are true. So if it's not true, I'm sorry, devil, but you can't have the real estate of my mind. My mind only has so much space to build in and I'm not letting you build any longer. I'm not giving into anxious thoughts. I'm not giving into worry. You guys know one of the, uh, let me just give you a glimpse into my life. One of the dumbest things I think and the most irrational things that I spent years worried about when I would get up to preach and even to this day, I've had thoughts of this, which are so demonic. What if God doesn't show up? What if I don't remember anything I studied? What if I don't do this? What if tonight's the night where the Holy Spirit doesn't move? And Isaiah Saldivar, listen, can't preach. Isaiah Saldivar can't communicate. Oh, you're so good at preaching and putting words together. I can't do anything without the Holy Ghost. I'm fumbling. I'm stuttering. I am telling you, without the power of God, I cannot do anything that I do. And the devil will come and lie to me and say, oh, God's not going to show up. And I've always thought... For the last 10 years, the thousands of sermons I preach, why would God fail me now? So I have to intentionally put my mind on the things that are true. And the true thing is, I'll never leave you, Isaiah, nor forsake you. I'll never abandon you. I'll never make you look stupid. I'll never make you look bad. As long as you pursue me, I'll still be there with you. And so I have to put my mind on things that are true and come against the plans of the enemy. Do you, do you think that my mind, I'm just like, oh, I'm this great preacher and God's going to, every single time I'm like, Lord, I need your help. What if there's only 50 people and what if nobody comes to live stream? What if nobody, and it's always these racing thoughts that I have to take captive, bind them up, tie them up, put them away, cast them down and let the presence and the power of God. So don't get all up in their chat room like, oh brother, you don't know what I'm going through. I face every single thing I'm preaching about now. And if God can deliver me and rescue me from the hand of the enemy, David said, what, what, what can God not do? I mean, if God can deliver me from this, our God can do anything. Our God doesn't matter. The deepest pit, David said, our God can reach down in the darkest, deepest pit and rescue you out tonight. And I want to prophesy over you as I begin to pray for you that the devil is a liar. And I'm just going to come against him right now. I come against every demonic power and every demonic spirit. I come against the stronghold of anxiety and depression right now. Somebody listening is dealing with depression, anxiety, fear in their finances, and I come against it now. I assault every stronghold in Jesus' name. I plead the blood of Jesus over your mind right now. I say be free in your mind. I say be delivered in your mind. I say be healed in your mind in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that you are exposing, and I just pray that every stronghold would be exposed tonight, God. You are exposing strongholds in Jesus' name, and you're bringing breakthrough. You're bringing deliverance. You're bringing in revival. Come on. I don't care if you have to lay your hands on your mind. I say, come out of the prison now in Jesus name that you will be free in your mind that no longer will you have panic or anxiety or fear or depression or anger or bitterness or witchcraft or resentment. I break off all mind control in Jesus name, every occult mind control every power of witchcraft. I break it in Jesus' name and I speak the freedom over you. I speak deliverance. The blood of Jesus is against you, Satan. The blood of Jesus is against you. And we demolish strongholds with God's word. We demolish strongholds with praise. We demolish strongholds with fasting, with spending time with God, with speaking the word of God. I speak over you. There is power in Jesus' name. There is authority in Jesus' name that you will, Acts 1-8, receive power tonight when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And so be free in Jesus' name. Be free in Jesus' name. Father, I just pray over every person. I'll lay hands on myself. Restore our minds in Jesus' name. Restore our minds in Jesus' name. Fear, you are a liar. Satan, you are a liar. And we evict you. No longer will you build in our minds. You have no power, no real estate. 
the Lord himself is against you. In the mighty name of Jesus, you're bound, Satan. Every exalting thought, every argument, every opinion, every imagination, according to God's word, we cast you down now in Jesus' name. We cast you down. No more depression. We're done with you in Jesus' name. And you will not wreak havoc. Those lies saying, oh, you're, you're not fulfilling your calling. You're worthless. You're just sitting at home. I come against those lies now in Jesus' name. Those lies saying you're never going to get married or never do this or never be happy or you'll never be able to conceive or you'll never get that job or you'll never be this. I come against it now. I bind those thoughts in Jesus' name. And I speak the delivering power and hand of God in Jesus' name. Father, just release your power. Release your anointing. Release your fire. Satan, we cast you down in Jesus' name. We cast you down in Jesus' name. We cast you down. Come on, right now, cast them down in Jesus' name. Anything exalting itself above the knowledge of God, we break it now. I don't care if you have to get vocal about it. Start vocally speaking over yourself, if you have to. Right now, in Jesus' name, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Holy Ghost, that you're breaking now strongholds in the mind. Satan, come off now in Jesus' name. What we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and we bind you, Satan. We rebuke you, Satan. And Father, we thank you that anxiety, depression, fear, bearing false witness, gossip, lust, sexual immorality, these things are being broken. I just pray right now, healing over trauma. Listen, if you've been through trauma, there is power tonight to get healed. There is power tonight to get delivered. Car accidents, sexual abuse, molestation, uh, whatever it was, near-death experiences. We come against you now. Tormenting thoughts, go in Jesus' name. We assault these strongholds. We bring down these fortresses with the word of God, with the power of his word, and we just get bold tonight. Father, I thank you right now for every viewer that you're bringing healing right now. You're bringing healing right now over every trauma, over every restlessness. Some of you that have restless thoughts, anxious thoughts that multiply, anxiety, go in Jesus' name. Depression, go in Jesus' name. We come against you now. No more anxiety attacks. No more, David said, my anxious thoughts multiply, but I find rest in you. No more anxious thoughts in Jesus' name. No more. Fear of man, we break you now. We assault the stronghold. And I just pray, God, that you would expose all the strongholds in our life, in our mind, and Lord, free us in our thought life. Lord, we ask you that you would purify our thoughts. No more sexual thoughts in Jesus' name. No more thoughts of anger or violence or rage or addiction in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. I'm telling you guys, mass deliverance is breaking out tonight. Many of you that are dealing with sexual thoughts, God is healing you tonight in Jesus' name. God is breaking those strongholds in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Sexual thoughts go in Jesus' name. No more perversion. Perversion's being broken in Jesus' name. Right now, every perverted thought, every thought of iniquity, every perverted sin thought, we command it to be pulled down in the name of Jesus. Not with carnal weapons, y'all. Guys, we're not praying some religious yo-yo prayers. These are powerful prayers that are assaulting hell's gates. These are supernatural prayers. And these are warfare prayers that we're praying right now with supernatural weapons. And our weapons are powerful in God for the pulling down of strongholds. So take your weapons of warfare. Go to battle tonight against these spirits, against these powers, and against these fortresses. Bring down these castles and these strongholds that the enemy has tried to build. And he's done building. I mean, that's the bottom line. We're revoking his license. We're literally taking the devil's building license tonight. And he can no, he's no longer authorized to build. So pray these arsenal prayers over yourself. Go in Jesus' name, Satan. Go in Jesus' name. You're bound in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You're bound in Jesus' name. And Father, we're not just repeating ourselves vainly, but we're praying 
powerful prayers that are breaking demonic strongholds. Father, we thank you. We don't want to repeat ourselves, but God, we want our prayers to be powerful, effective, and targeted against the plans of the enemy. So every, every, every fortress and stronghold we command to be flattened tonight in Jesus' name. We command it to be flattened out now in Jesus' name. You have no authority. You have no legal standing. You have no right. Satan, you've been exposed. You've been revealed. You are a liar. You are a thief. And we come against you now in Jesus' name. And we plead the blood of Jesus now in your mind. Father, cleanse our mind right now. Cleanse our mind right now. Just give the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, I give you permission to build your residence, to build your temple, to build your house in my mind. I give you permission to build in my mind, build in my emotions, and build in my will. And and there's many of you getting, right now, your emotions are getting restored. You've been having crazy, uh, you've been irrationally crying, irrationally laughing, sad, happy, just all over the board. And God's going to stabilize, reconcile, and heal your emotions. I hear the Holy Spirit saying, it's time for the church to have their emotions healed. We are emotionally unstable in the body of Christ. It's time to get healed in your emotions, God. Thank you, Lord, that your word says in Ezekiel that you will take a heart of stone and you'll give us a heart of flesh. So listen, if you're hard-hearted, if you're bitter, if you're angry, If you're just having a hard time in your emotions right now, right now, let the Holy Spirit move. Holy Ghost, move. Holy Ghost, move in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for your power. We thank you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. We walk in the Spirit. We invite you into our emotions, into our will. If you're having a hard time making decisions for God, ask the Holy Spirit to be invited into your will. Lord, in our soul, baptize our soul with fire. Baptize our soul with your power. Heal our emotions. Heal the scars and the wounds of the past. Heal our will, God. Restore our will. Let our will be according to your word and your spirit, not our flesh. I'm tired of letting my flesh drive my will. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Ghost. We speak fire over you. Yeah, those of you that have a numb heart, we say be softened in Jesus' name. Be softened in Jesus' name. We speak right now the softening power of God to come over your emotions, to come over your mind, to come over you now. And I I just ask, Lord, that you would remove traumatic thoughts, tormenting thoughts, and nightmares out of our mind in Jesus' name. We just command them to go. We bring down traumatic experiences and trauma right now. Right now, if the Lord brings it to your memory, just pull it down, take it captive, and Lord, bring healing right now in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you for your fire. We thank you for your power. We thank you for exposing truth tonight. And we just bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.